0: Hi Shepherd family, welcome back to Digital Worship. I'm John Carolus, one of our associate pastors, and we're in our third week of our Isaiah series. What does it mean that we have heard God's message for His people through the prophet Isaiah, His servant, that brought God's Word to the people that maybe weren't ready for it because of their disobedience, they were following other gods. We talked last week about the disobedience of God's people in idolatry, chasing after other things instead of the true God who's known to us because He has made all things, including You and me and revealed himself to us through Jesus. We talked a little bit in the first week about the picture and, and the picture uh, sort of angled language of Isaiah. What does it mean that he brings people to a place where they're looking at uh, the near future and the far future at the same time? How do we understand that there are judgmental scriptures right next to comforting scriptures? And what does it mean that, that we have a hard time following some of that uh, narrative succession? But we also have learned that the the way Isaiah speaks isn't like the way that you and I speak. Instead, he brings his people into a vision with him. And in doing so, he reveals to them the, the Word of God to them, the message that God has, calling them back to return to the God that saves them, to return to the God that loves them, to return to the God who has a plan for them. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about that very plan that is discussed in the book of Isaiah. You see, Isaiah's main message throughout the whole narrative is that by the miracle of God's grace, all people, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles, that is everyone who is not Jewish, everyone who is not an Israelite, would be brought back into a relationship with God, despite maybe whole generations having turned away from him in the past. The way that that promise is articulated in the book of Isaiah is through pictures that Isaiah paints of the future of Zion. Zion is another word to refer to Jerusalem or the holy city, the place where God makes his salvation known, a location, a knowable and experienceable place. The centrality of Jerusalem in the book of Isaiah gives us an understanding of the kind of God that we believe in, the kind of God who has made himself known to us. He's not a God that exists at a distance. He's not a God that stays in the shadows or stays away from us in an abstract sense where we have to sort of divine or derive his will through our own actions or interpretations of the stars or of things we toss on the ground or of the way the wind moves through the trees. No, God has made himself intimately personal with you and me. And he has done so in, at real times, in real places. And Zion, Jerusalem, the city of God is the place where that salvation event took place. So we're going to hear from uh, Isaiah 40, familiar verses that maybe you've heard before. But notice how in the opening verses of this section of text, there is a call to a particular place. Because God was going to use that special place for his plan to bring about reconciliation with people from all places. So let's take a listen to Isaiah today. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, the Lord has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. The Lord has spoken. A voice said, Shout. And I asked, What should I shout? Shout that people are like grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord, and so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young." This beautiful poem in the 40th chapter of Isaiah gives us a picture of what it means to announce the coming of the Lord. You see, Isaiah was telling his people that God would come to a particular place. Now there may have been all kinds of symbolic and emotional value in these words, as all of God's people certainly would have associated themselves with Jerusalem, the place where God had placed His King over His people the place where He led them through the wilderness to establish them as His own people. But little did they know, and thankfully we have been shown through the power of the Spirit, that that one person, God Himself in Jesus Christ, would come to this city, to this place, to this hill, and in a drastic and tragic turn of events, His death would be the very way that this beautiful poem would be fulfilled. You see, God's people are drawn to him through a person, a person who lived and died in a city called Jerusalem, a city we can go to to this day, a God who binds himself to the historical narrative, one who has made himself known through real events that have actually taken place. This is our God, a God who keeps his promises. We see the fulfillment of these promises, the promise that all people would come to God through that place, not that we would have to pass through a particular boundary in the world to make it to God's side, but instead, believing in the one He sent to Jerusalem, His Son, to live and die and be raised back to life. Sometimes in the Bible, we get to see the fulfillment explained to us through later prophets, through later teachers, through later disciples. In the book of Hebrews, we have an explanation of this very fulfillment, talking about what it means that all people, even today, are being brought into a relationship with God through the city of Zion, through Jesus that lived and died there. So let's take a listen to Hebrews and hear what it shows us about God's uh, fulfillment of his promises. "'No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering.' You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance." In this passage of Hebrews, we get a poetic and beautiful image of what it means that Jesus, through, uh, through his life, death, and resurrection, fulfills the promise God made to his people about the city of Jerusalem, Zion, the holy place, the holy city, the heavenly Jerusalem. We understand through this uh, explanation of Isaiah that we find in Hebrews, that God was revealing to his people through the life of, of Jesus that there would be a opportunity to connect with him, to reconcile with him in a meaningful way, not just for the people that he had a covenant with in the law and the prophets, but that it would be for all people everywhere that hear his message. Jesus, the word of God made into a human being, made flesh, taking on a human body, living a perfect life, dying a death that pays for our sins, being raised back to life, brings us into that heavenly Jerusalem, brings us into that place where we are counted as one of God's children. And again, this is not some abstract promise. This is not some unknowable God. This is a real person, Jesus Christ, a human being who lived and walked on this very earth. Zion plays a central role in the book of Isaiah, pointing people to the place where God would fulfill his covenant with them. And so open the doors to a new covenant, An opportunity to connect with God in a way that formerly was not known by his people. But now you and I enjoy and are mercifully connected to God through the power of the Spirit because of what Jesus has done in Jerusalem.